<laughs> wow. That actually makes the hairs on the back of my neck stand it up. Does. You know, feels there's something a bit of fire. As much as I hate the bagpipes, something a bit of cat strangling that I love. You <laughs> know, have you heard? What's the definition of a Scottish gentleman? A man who can play the bagpipes but chooses not to. Hey, really? No, yeah. I've never heard that. Really, <laughs> there's no such thing as a Scottish gentleman. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to Cars Guide podcast, where we tear down, pressure test, and rebuild the issues of the automotive week. I'm James, and with me are Richard. Hello. And Mitch. Hello. On loan from Oversteer, and hopefully all of our listeners have been giving uh, the Oversteer podcast a go. And if you have, you'll know Mitch. He's part of our, our younger team looking at the wilder side of motoring. I've graduated to the big boys table. <laughs> Main okay, stay, just steady on there, Mitch. <laughs> um, okay, this week we're going to look at AEB systems. Are they getting too smart? You know, for example, Volvo's XC system, uh, XC60 system is, um, well, look, Rather than go into detail here, Richard and Pritchard have pulled on the white lab coats and had a look at it. We're going to go there. Um, we're also going to talk about yeah, the world's first flying car race, allegedly to be held in South Australia, wait for it, next year. So uh, that, that'll be interesting. Let's see what happens in that space. But first, we promised you that we'd do a bit of homework, and we were talking last time around ANCAP ratings, the independent assessment of cars for their safety performance in terms of the technology they have on board and how they respond in, in crash testing. And that we thought that really some older cars that are wearing a five-star rating may not be quite as five-star, if you like, as cars that have been tested more recently. So we said we'd go to ANCAP and see what the story was. We thought there might be a case for a use-by date, you know, that, that uh, a certain period of time. Well, we got in touch and lo and behold... As of January 1, 2018, so the absolute beginning of next year, ANCAP is in fact implementing a, a all-new rating system. Well, the, the new system will be published from January 1, 2018, and uh, it looks as though the period on the shelf is going to be a reasonably substantial six years. Uh, Richard, outrageous. What, what do you make of that? Outrageous. Um, in 2011, uh, the Toyota Camry scored five stars. And I've got the report in front of me here just to let you know how much things change yes. in, in, in six years. Yes. Uh, the, the 2011 uh, Toyota Camry was uh, praised for its seatbelts. <laughs> we're not talking 1961. <laughs> we are Does it come with four-wheel okay, disc brakes? Ready? Safety Does features. It come with four brakes. <laughs> this is from ANCAP. 2011 safety features, Toyota Camry, driver airbag, driver knee bag, Electronic stability control, seatbelt pretensioners, and that's it. Right. And that, oh, seatbelt reminder. Was there any passenger airbags? Oh, there was side airbags. They did have side airbags, okay. front seats, and side airbags for the rear, rear seats too. But that was, that was the extent, the advance of right. safety technology right. in those days. Yes. So mm. now we've had all kinds of advancements around, you know, oh, AEB. Absolutely. And, Goodness knows what. In the last six years, we've had blind stop, rear cross traffic. We've had mm. AEB, forward and reverse. Yep. In, in the last just two years, we've had those things. So imagine cars that are around now in six years' time will look as you know old as that Camry. Absolutely. So Mitch, you were in short pants when that Camry was on the market. <laughs> what, do you, what do you make of this whole situation? Um, no, I agree. Like six years, it does seem a bit too much, Like especially with just how quickly um, technology is just advancing. Like... Oh, yeah, like 2011 doesn't seem that long ago. Like, even to me, I'm just like, oh, that was yes, 
yesterday. But, but in car terms. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's yeah. just, that's like yeah. forever. It's like dog years. <laughs> yeah. Car exactly. Years. Yeah. Anyway, and really, you think about the um, development cycle of most cars these days, it's less than six years. That's right. So we're going to have cars with five stars that are actually outdated. So yeah. I don't know. We, we were theorizing that maybe it should be two years. Two years. Something like that because the pace of change is so rapid. Yep. But uh, anyway, I suppose something is better than nothing. But there you go, listeners. That's the update. Well, James Goodwin, the um, the ANCAP uh, big bloke, uh, also said it's going to be impossible, almost impossible for a car next year to get five stars without AEB. Um, right. So, you know, that that's, that's says the it all, really, now. doesn't it? Yep. Says it all. Mm. Um, all right. Well, there you go. We've we've done our homework, and uh, that at least answers the question. We find the answer somewhat puzzling, uh, puzzling but uh, but there it is nonetheless. Now moving on, AEB, Richard, you've yes. paired up once again with your partner in scientific crime, Mr. Pritchard, to create that investigative duo known as Richard and Pritchard, and you've looked at AEB in the Volvo XC60. XC60. Tell us all about it. It's the XC60 is the one in the ad. If you haven't seen the ad, go into YouTube, check out our channel. It's not there, but check it out, channel anyway. Uh, <laughs> check out the Volvo XC60 ad. It is a three-minute tearjerker. It's full on, and it's and the whole ad is not about any of the other features in the car. It's all about the XC60's amazing AEB. Um, it's a really full-on ad. We decided to test it for ourselves, uh, particularly the pedestrian detection side of AEB. Yeah. Um, you'll have to pop onto YouTube and see what happened, uh, but it wasn't what I was expecting. Yeah. Um, but one of the things that we did encounter, I can give away that the technology has become so smart now that it knows the difference between a box and yep. a person. Yep. In the old days, in 2009, when uh, AEB first came out on Volvos, uh, you could put a box, in fact, I've done this, you could put a box in front of the car and you could drive towards the box and it will stop for the box. Uh, it doesn't work like these, that these days. The radar actually measures the energy in, in, in the box or whatever it, or whatever's in front of it and it can determine whether it's a box or a person. Wouldn't, it, wouldn't that be ironic, though, if the box that was in front of it was a 1970s Volvo? <laughs> 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 that would be ironic. Yeah, yeah. yeah I yeah, mean, yeah. that would be the ultimate. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so so it's it's more or less assessing the the kind of makeup yep. of these objects in front of it. That's amazing, and it makes sense because you know if a box blows out on a road and you're travelling 110, the last thing you want to do is go to a full emergency brake just because it's just a box blowing around. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. So if it's a person, it'll stop. Yes. Mm. But um, have you, well, Mitch, been in a situation where you've had a false alarm and the car's gone into full? panic mode and, and tried to stop and there's nothing in front. I'm are actually driving with one of our other uh, younger uh, team members, uh, James, J3 we call him. Um, I remember we were driving the Suzuki Swift Turbo we had a few months ago and we went to change lane and for no reason, we don't know why, it just grinded to a halt like the AB... Uh, AEB system came on and just and we're just like wow. what and yeah. there was like nothing in front of us so I don't yeah. know we thought it might have been a pothole or something but yeah, it yeah. Was, yeah in the Audi in an Audi I remember once going around a fairly tight left hand bend and obviously the system read a car that was parked on the outside of the corner but it was so tight it thought it was right in front of me uh, on the road and it scared the pre-sense <laughs> out of me I, I it just pulled on the anchors yeah. and mm. I was wrenched against the belts uh, it was quite unnerving. Um, anyway, so we'd, we'd agree uh, that things have moved on yep. and are constantly moving on Absolutely. and that people should tune in 
to Richard and Pritchard without giving the game away. We're saying not only can it discern the materials, there may have been inanimate objects involved with <laughs> facial recognition. That's right. We may have been able to trick it. May have. You'll have to see it Super. to find out. Quick mm. quick question about the Volvo um, mm. AEB. Um, I remember a few earlier on in the year, they were having trouble. It, the system was having trouble with kangaroos. Yeah. Is or could can we say that's been it's debunked yet or well it will work on larger animals uh, it depends on how well, big the roo is Pritchard right is there. <laughs> I reckon a, a are you calling him a kangaroo man <laughs> calling him an animal <laughs> it will work on a moose and an elk right. I don't know if it'll work on a kangaroo right yes well so there's room for more experimentation that's yeah. right room for improvement um, speaking of tricking things tricking people. Uh, we've we've all been aghast at the proposition that is flying car racing. Now, there's Richard. You've been doing a bit of digging on this one. You're there's fascinated a, with this. A person, and I don't know why. Person in South Australia that uh, straight up claims that he will be staging and promoting a flying car race uh, in South Australia and outback next year. That's what? right. On earth is all that about? It's um, look. I've, I do have a bit of a, a, a thing for flying cars. I'm constantly uh, looking look at, looking for flying car updates, and I was very excited to see that uh, next year, uh, yeah, South Australia will be holding uh, the world's first flying car race. Uh, the company which is hoping to perform this spectacular feat uh, is an Australian one, and a company called Alorda. Um, and the guy behind it is a bloke called Matt it's, Pearson. It's a lot of something. <laughs> His name's Matt Pearson. He looks like he's got very good intentions. Uh, they've built these. They've built two cars, which are pretty much like the the quad prop drones, which you can buy for Christmas. Uh, you know that you get for sixty bucks. But anyway, these are these look like the air speeders from Star Wars. In fact, uh, the first one is called the Alorda Mark One Airspeeder, in reference to uh, the, the air speeders from from the movie. They look cool. Uh, no, but no, no, I'm sorry. Just to cut you off. They don't look cool. They look reckon? like they're made out of cardboard, mate. I, I was so convinced. I thought we were watching a race. It turns out it wasn't. It was yeah, some, there was kind some of pretty bad CGI trickery. And he was asking for money. Like he yeah. was he was asking for he support. He was on the scrounge. He was looking for some support. They're on their last legs. Yeah. It's going to fall through any t- minute now. Yeah, look, the video, he was sitting in Dad's office in the city to give himself some kind of semblance of credibility. Look, I think I think I think it could. Look, it's going to happen at some point, and it and it takes visionaries like this to sort of you know Richard, to get the ball so, rolling. You are so unendingly positive <laughs> and charitable, mate. You've got to get your cynic on. I wanted I wanted to I want to believe I want to see it happen. But anyway, look, it's not just 2018 because the world the world championships coming up in 2020 as well. How many flying okay. cars are going to be a part of that? Four? Is that in the South Australian outback as well? <laughs> that, that, the location hasn't been determined yet. Well, maybe that anyway. race is being... Look, yeah. if America can have yeah. a World Series in baseball, yeah. we can have a world championship in flying car Absolutely. racing in Absolutely. Australia. I kind of don't want to be the country known for... Flying car racing? Yeah. According to Mr. Pearson, these are the Ferraris of the sky. Oh. Those, those are his words. Mm. Right. Um, that, okay. Okay. Okay, yep. I just and I want to know what classifies them as cars because they could well, just be called a helicopter or something. Racing. That's you know you're very right. Like what aren't they just planes? Don't yeah. we have plane races already? Good anyway. point. Mm. Good point. Drone racing. Okay, anyway. well look uh, at this time we'd uh, we'd hope to spring a surprise. We we last week we talked about 
Frosty, Frosty Chops, our great mate at the Winton Cart Company. And uh, look, he he was going to be here. We were hoping that he'd be able to front. Look, he may even come through the door at any minute. But uh, he, he was going to bring us some special memorabilia out of the archives. Oh, hold on. There's a call here right now. Frosty. Oh, no, look, we're in the podcast right now, mate. You what? You've broken down. You're obviously not in a Winton then. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, look, we'll see you. We'll see. Look, we'll see you later on the Sabo. Uh, no, don't worry about it. Which pub? Oh, okay, Finn. See, see. You. Okay, see, you, Frosty. Good on you, mate. Bye. You're joking. You got to be kidding me. No, uh, Frosty. Frosty just told me that he um, he broke down. He wasn't in a Winton, thankfully. <laughs> uh, he had to he had to borrow a mate's car. He's got some mates here in Sydney. It was an old day, woo, and uh, it le- it let him down on the way here. <sighs> Unbelievable. Uh, I was looking forward to meeting Frosty. I've spoken uh, to him so many times, yeah, yeah. and I've never. Never oh, met him in person. There's nothing like uh, a face-to-face. With Frosty. In, with Frosty Chops. <laughs> he is my hero. Like, yeah. that would have made my day if I got to meet him. But. No, look, you know, it's <sighs> going it's to be big. Broken heart and again. We'll get Frosty in here by hella high water yeah. for next week. We'll do it. It'll be our last podcast for 2017 yeah. next week. And it's the last month of yeah. Winton's centenary celebration. Yeah. So expect big things next week he, he's okay isn't he because he's he's pretty old now. oh he sounded fine we're going to meet yeah. up the pub later on oh cool cool yeah. no he's fine he just can't make it in here for this <laughs> <laughs> all right now look moving on speaking of racing we were we were on the flying car racing hmm. here we're touching on the unofficial race uh, racing and i know richard you've wanted to pick a fight on this one for a oh. while well anyway there's a there's a bloke called jonas christensen he's looking to crowdfund money for a documentary about the hell ride now, Melbourne listeners will probably know about the Hell Ride. It's a Saturday morning ritual where a bucket load of mammals, you know, race along Beach Road from Black Rock to Mount Eliza around Port Phillip Bay. So these are cyclists, middle-aged men in Lycra. Um, and look, even 10 years ago, uh, a, a, an innocent bystander was knocked down and actually killed by this heaving peloton. And um, Christensen says the riders get a bad rap. So he wants to make a documentary and even up the scales in terms of public opinion. It feels to me, Richard, like this is a race without any of the safeguards that you might normally have on a, on a cycling road race. What do you make of it? Oh, they shouldn't be on the road at all. Cyclists in general. Get off. Get off. I'm, I, I see. Wow. I'm slapping every, my forehead here because you, this, is like, watch him because go. this is like going up and poking Mike Tyson in no, the eye yeah. at the height of his powers. Seriously, cars, like roads are for cars. And if you don't have a number plate, you can take your bike and go to a bike track. Um, you can't like they, they break the law. Like they go through red lights and up on the footpaths, and they use the pedestrian crossing. And then they get really antsy with you if you don't move out the way, and they take up a whole lane. Seriously, and it's like it's just gratuitous. Like they don't need like it's just gratuitous. But Mitch is frothing here. He's yeah. he's. He's championing what, you're into to join in on the conversation. What? No, I never learned oh. how to ride a bike. So, <laughs> no, I, I'm I'm 100 with you. Like oh, cyclists, like they they're always just like, oh, we want to be like treated like we're, we're humans. Yeah, they want to be treated like humans. <laughs> like you know, what? What? Anyway, continue. <laughs> yeah, on. Yeah, continue. Um, yeah, they want to be like, oh, treated like you know, we're we're we've all, we're also allowed to go on the road. Like, yeah. tr- they want to essentially be treated like as if they're 
behind the wheel of a car. Yeah. yeah. So well, I feel like, you know, cars, we're not allowed to street race. Yeah. Like, it's, look, yeah, it's, it's exactly. We ran earlier in the year, we ran an interesting story where one of our key contributors, um, Tim Robbo Robson, uh, who's a keen cyclist, and I think uh, his son, one of his children, is a competitive mountain bike rider. And he wrote a piece about car drivers from a cyclist's point of view. And to make sure that the scales were evened up, we had uh, another contributor of ours, Andrew Chesto Chesterton, um, write the other side of the coin, which was cyclists from a car driver's point of view. Chesto put his tongue firmly in his cheek and started to, to you know, have a, have a poke mm. at the cyclist. Robbo was a little more considered and probably a little more disciplined in his approach. And I thought Chesto was quite clever. He said, you know, um, these cycling groups can be quite aggressive. Yeah. Um, often what's uh, tantamount to hate speech. If you don't believe me, just look at the comments. And I thought that was a really nice yeah, way yeah, yeah. of cutting all that off at the pass. Yeah. It didn't make a scrap of difference. Yeah. The comments filled up with what was tantamount to hate speech. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> there were yeah. all kinds of gifts and drawings and threats yeah. and it was really quite screaming. Yeah. So, Richard, yep. we're not going to give out your phone number. We're not going to give out your home address. <laughs> uh, but I'll take you on. There'll be, there'll, be people, <laughs> there'll be people looking for you. But I think... I think a massive group of riders like that is a, is a special case. Oh, a peloton. Well, and, and cyclists are often brought down because it's like trying to generalise about a lot of things. Mm. You say cyclists are this, cyclists are that. It's everyone from a lunatic on a Deliveroo bike who's running a red light up a wrong way up a one-way street <laughs> yes. um, compared to people who are, uh, you know, are much more careful and considered about the way they ride their bike yeah. and probably do stick to bike paths no, and all of that I stuff. I hate even the careful okay. ones. Richard's determined. Oh, he's, wow. He's, yeah, he's on a mission. He's ready for get a fight. Get off the road. Get off the road. Anyway, it, it is it's hard. It's too dangerous. It, it's a difficult one. But, um, Richard, all right, you've opened that can of worms. They're all here wriggling on the table and baying for your blood. So let's, let's see what happens. Now, the other piece of homework we had last week was uh, musk watch. Now, that's not something that lives in the forest that only three or four people have seen. It's never been captured on film. It is Elon Musk. And uh, he, he is basically such a lunatic that we thought it timely to come back to him each week because the game moves on pretty rapidly in the world of Elon Musk. Yeah. Uh, he's going to save the world single-handedly. That much is apparently in his own mind. And this week... We've learned that he's selling caps. So he's saving the world through selling caps. Richard, tell us Yeah, baseball caps. Yeah. So it's for his company called The Boring Company. And The Boring Company is a drilling company which is actually drilling the holes for these underground superhighways which are going to have skateboard-like mechanisms which you drive your car on and they travel up to 200 kilometres an hour and they whisk you all over the city. But anyway... The caps, just the caps themselves, which say the boring company on them. There's nothing on them, yes. just the text. Yes. He has sold how many? $700,000 worth. worth. So that's 35,000 caps. caps. Yes. And just 5,000 caps in the last two days. Yes. Yes. That's, that's which a, is so weird. It's, it's another one of these kinds of hero worship. I want to get my boring company cap so everyone will know it's a that I just think Elon is great. You know, Elon, you're great. See, I'm wearing your boring company cap. Isn't that brilliant? Do you like me, Elon? You're fantastic. You know, it's just weird. I can't stand those people. I've no. like, I've no. got a few friends who are like, they're so obsessed with Elon. Yes. And I actually one of them um, even met them and yeah. and was rubbing it in my face. Oh, I met Elon, and I'm just like, I, right, I, I don't care. Like, he's. Are we going to put it out there? Are we going to we're going to mention the c word? 
Cult. Yeah. I, I, yeah. It's I, a cult. I think it's a cult. It's a cult. It certainly feels like it, doesn't it? Where one person has such yeah. an influence and sort of yeah. seems to hold sway on people's yeah. point of view mm. about where the world should go. There'll be a day when he'll go activate or he'll say yes. a key word and all the Teslas will turn on us. <laughs> exactly. For sure. Yeah. All of our devices will blow up a la Kingsman. Yeah. yeah. There's also been some extra Elon Musk news too. So that Tesla truck, which he announced a couple of weeks ago, along with yes. the Roaster 2.0. Yeah. Uh, Pepsi has just bought 100 of them. Right. The largest customer of the Tesla truck so far. And what exists at the moment is a picture on a screen. So they've bought 100 <laughs> of a truck that's no, a picture on a screen. They had two. No, they had two of them. Yeah. That's right. So yeah. I take it yeah. all back. Yeah. So they've yeah. bought those two. Yes. But they're going to get another 98. That's right. So That's if he doesn't go bankrupt <laughs> between the, that they're time. They're being sign written now. Those two trucks are having the Pepsi logos put on them. Yep. And then the other 98 are going to be built at some point in the future. $150,000 a truck. That's not bad. That's not yeah. bad that's, for That's cheaper than the cars, isn't it? Well, that's right. What is, what is a... 200, what is a Model 250 S grand for a Model S. And you're getting a semi-trailer for... 150. That's ridiculous. It's got a, yeah. Wonder how much money they're losing on that. Yeah. yeah. I wonder how many semi trailers you'll see in you know peak hour traffic because it's cheaper to get a prime mover. <laughs> that is U- that's US dollars though, and that's one hundred fifty thousand US dollars. It's two seventy three or two seventy thousand, two fifty thousand for Australian dollars for the Model S. Right. So it's a bit of currency. That's superb. So we've had further confirmation that Elon mm. Musk is a charismatic cult leader and a lunatic. Mm. That we we've called it out. Others are holding back. And he's going to put a uh, Model S, not a Model S, a Roadster uh, into yeah, orbit into around Mars. Mars, which yes. is what oh. we touched on. Yeah. And the share price is a bubble, yeah. probably approaching Bitcoin in yep. terms of its its burst potential. Eight thousand, Losing $8,000 a minute. They're burning $8,000 a minute. Yeah. It's all going in the right direction <laughs> for, for Elon. Oh, my God. Yeah. So that's, it's that's a nightmare. That is Muskwatch, ladies yeah. and gentlemen, uh, for this week. We'll pick it up again next week. Yeah. But we're now just going to take a bit of a breather. And, uh, Mitch, you'll like this one. We're going to hear from our younger, slightly wilder, slightly more irreverent colleagues at Oversteer. When you're done listening to these old farts ramble on... Can I tell a story? Come and listen to the Oversteer podcast where we talk about the stuff that kids love. Story time with Mitchy Boy. Yeah, because if I don't try, I won't fail. <laughs> like, oh, you know on, how mate. you roll into a petrol station and you're like... <sighs> Would you rather be designated driver for a group of kids on a sugar high or a group of super drunk adults? Yes, the Oversteer podcast has everything and you can find it on the Cars Guide website, iTunes and where all good podcasts are sold. Great. And we are back. Yes, they're um, they're a bit cheeky. You should give it a listen. The Oversteer podcast. We're all uh, right. Yeah, we go. Right. We go right. hard. Yeah, yeah. I'd say you're all right. You're I don't good. know. Yeah, you're good. A lot of okay, we'll go further than all right. You're good. <laughs> That's good. Um, now, our mate Ollie Schmidt. Ah, you remember Ollie? Yes. Mitch, are you aware of Ollie Schmidt? Oh yes. Okay, so he's the big fall guy for uh, Volkswagen's travails in the US at what most people are calling uh, Dieselgate. Now, he was uh, sentenced to, I want to say, seven years jail, Richard. Seven Does years that sound right? in the jail in Michigan. In, uh, in Michigan, mm-hmm. that great state of Michigan in the USA. And now he's put his hand up saying he wants to be transferred to another prison. In fact, he wants to be in prison in Germany rather than in America. I say best of luck to him. Yeah. Doesn't mind prison, just doesn't want to be in the, U- in the US. <laughs> yeah, is that, is that slightly, you know, is, is that 
is he being a bigot here? He doesn't like America. He doesn't. <laughs> he doesn't want to be in an American jail. I think, like you know, if you if if you do the crime in a country, you've got to do the time yeah. in a country. I actually think that's so right. When you think yeah. about um, recent high-profile criminals, they've all wanted to get home because there's a suspicion that's it. that local authorities will go a little easy and possibly relax the parole conditions, and before you know it, they're out and home free. Do you think it's just that kind of political uh, ploy, Mitch? Oh, yeah, definitely. You you know he does not want to be spending seven years behind bars. like Yeah, with the, like we said, the vertical yeah. suntan. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and and Michigan as well. That's that's a that's a cold place in winter. Mm. <laughs> Isn't it what? <laughs> yeah. Isn't it what? And they're in the middle of it right now. Gosh, that would be a decidedly chilly place to be. Yeah. Now, we'll we'll touch briefly on an idea we had from uh, from Barbara, our our re- ever reliable and capable uh, producer. Now, he's come up with a thought that says, "Okay, all of these super duper ultra-expensive, hyper-performance track day cars that various ones are making. You've got your Aston Martin Valkyrie, which has um, been designed by uh, Red Bull's uh, aerodynamicist um, Adrian Newey, Newey, that that guy, formerly of McLaren and various others, Williams. Um, You've got your McLaren uh, Senna, which has just been released. Uh, Fairly awkward-looking car to my Mm. eyes, but anyway, it's a a track day special. And Ferrari has a big history with its FXX and various other super expensive cars that it maintains and run at tracks. Well, why not get fair income about it and put them into a series and and let them race? Mm. If it's all tap dancing around the racing, let's get in our driving suits and (laughs) let's put a bash hat on and let's go to the track, well, let's really have a race. What do you make of it, Mitch? Oh, definitely, 100%. Like... They're track focused, and the most you see of it is them doing half-ass laps at you know relatively low speeds around tracks, just to showcase the cars. And you don't actually get to see them go on full blast, rubbing panels, and that's the best thing about racing. I suppose so. Yeah, yeah. I suppose it is a lot of the show business around mm. racing that attracts people to it. You know, the the the, the kind of poncing around in all the gear and having mm. the fast car and being at a race circuit. But you get the feeling that if it actually came to gritting up, gritting mm. your teeth and racing, it, it would maybe take some of the fun out of yeah. it for, for these people. Is that it, would be it, the irony. What GT racing is already, that GT category. Mm. You can already race Ferraris and Lamborghinis you can. in the same category. Yeah, you can. But I suppose, I mean, the WEC is in a bit of a period of mm. transition. Mm. Some big brands have dropped out, being, yeah. you know, Porsche being uh, number one amongst them and Audi has gone by the boards leaving Toyota as the only big name, to, to introduce a bit more juice into the whole thing, yep. to have a, another kind of element to it, which would be these cars that you see as almost, you know, objects rather than proper racing cars. Yeah. Let's put them into a series and see how I they go see against one another. smashed. Smashed up. Imagine yeah. the carbon yeah. fibre going everywhere. I'd love to see, like, the team owner's <laughs> face when it, <laughs> after the accident, just like... Oh, oh my God! No. <laughs> you know, it's so interesting. Uh, Ferrari has its Ferrari racing days around the world from time to yep. time, and I do recall the last time they were in Sydney was it uh, in Australia rather? It was at Sydney Motorsport Park, and one person had the misfortune to crash his car, and it was a, a f- I want to say it was long enough ago that it was a four five eight based uh, race car crashed it, and everyone was oh. Gee, you know, that's tough. He's come all the way to Australia. And wherever you're coming from, it's a long way to come to Australia. That's bad luck. No, no, no. He's got a Formula One car yeah. in the garage, <laughs> a couple of garages yeah. away. He'll just jump in and have some fun in that. And that's it. This is gentleman 
races. Yes. They have a lot of money. It's on its owner driver normally. Yeah. Um, like just like Australian GT was. Yeah. Um, in fact, I saw an Australian GT race at uh, the uh, Australian Grand Prix one year, and a Ferrari was I want to say a, a four five eight as well was on fire driving around the track. And when he like they, they interviewed him after, was he trying to put the fire out? Well, no, by he, just going fast. In enough. the interview afterwards, he said, I knew I was on fire. I was looking for a fire marshal, so he was driving <laughs> the car looking for a bloke with a fire extinguisher. Put the fire and out it over because he knew that if right. he just stopped and ran away, it would burn up. Burn up. Yeah. Well, so he's clever. He's clever. Yeah. Or there weren't enough fire marshals. <laughs> bit of both. But you, of do, both. you do get a bit of action and a bit of pan- panel bending, mm. Mitch, but yeah. it's all on their own. Yes. Uh, as opposed to other cars being involved. Mm. Anyway, I think it's a really good idea because you see them as almost like orphans. That's that, it. That they're so capable and so fast, but to what end? I suppose you get a thrill out of track testing them and whatever. That's, that's valid. Yeah. But if it's on a racing circuit, there's part of you that says, well, you should be competing. Well, that's it. These cars are meant to race. It's yeah. like having a thoroughbred, you know, racehorse and just keep it in a paddock and never seeing it move. Having a, having a sprint around the paddock, paddock oh, rather than, you know, yeah, exactly. saddling up and putting it in a These race. These cars are built, they're thoroughbred race cars. It's like keeping an, an animal caged. Yeah, well, that's a lot like you, Mitch. Yeah, oh, yeah. I'm, I'm a, Having I'm you here in the office, that's the feeling I get all the time. <laughs> it's, it's not your natural habitat. As soon as I go out of this oh. office, look out, ladies. Here oh, comes Mitchie. No, no, beep, no, beep, no, beep. No, no, we'll beat that out. Yep. Um, anyway, <laughs> uh, Barbara, how are we going for time? Okay, look, we've got the all clear. It's the finish line. Um, and uh, I, thank you, Richard. Thank you. Thank you, Mitch. Yeah, no worries. <laughs> Thanks, too, to our studio producer, Barbara. He's cruel but fair and full of the Christmas spirit, quite literally. And hats off to our long-term sponsor, the Winton Motor Company, proud maker of the Winton Turbo and 100 years young in 2017. Good on you, Frosty. We'll make it work next week. We absolutely will. And thank you for listening. We'd love to hear your thoughts on today's show or anything else that's on your mind. Search for Cars Guide on Facebook and Instagram and use the hashtag CGPodcast or email us at comments at carsguide.com.au. Remember to subscribe and please rate and review us on iTunes. It helps spread the word on the podcast. I hope you can join us next week. Until then, having a loud exhaust is like eating chips in church. Everyone looks at you in disgust, but secretly they want some too.